Welcome inside Appalachia. I'm Caitlin Tan. As we know, many veterans suffer not only physically, but mentally for their service. And veteran Mark Combs has faced these struggles personally. He served in Iraq in 2008 to 2009. And when he returned home, he worked on a project to help document the stories of his fellow veterans who served in Iraq and Afghanistan. He's even hosted and produced a documentary about veteran suicide that we featured on Inside Appalachia. But Mark eventually decided to leave West Virginia to pursue his dreams of becoming an actor. We followed his journey in a series we called The Struggle to Stay. Reporter Glynis Board helped Mark record and tell his story. In the summer of 2016, Mark Combs was cast in a professional production of Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet in Morgantown, West Virginia. He was fresh out of college with a degree in fine arts. This was his first professional gig as an actor. This would be his last performance in his home state of West Virginia. And when we met up on closing night, he probably should have been nervous or maybe on top of the world. But Mark had just received terrible news. You know, I lost one of my best friends last night to suicide. And he was in the United States Army. He was in the infantry like I was. The loss of his friend, Tyler Burroughs, is especially tragic because, you see, Mark who is no stranger to suicidal thoughts, just dedicated the last year of his life to raising awareness about the ongoing epidemic of vet suicide in the United States. He even hosted and co-produced the West Virginia Public Broadcasting television special called Still Taking Casualties. I want to put a face on these statistics. I personally have known over a dozen veterans who have killed themselves. I'm tired of picking up the phone and hearing about another buddy. I mean, it's the first friend I've lost in a while, probably about 10 months to it. And uh, it's tough. It never never gets any easier. Mark Combs grew up bouncing around geographically between southern West Virginia, North, and South Carolina. He lost his parents early. To follow in his grandfather's footsteps, he joined the service. But 15 months in Iraq left him with several traumatic brain injuries. These came because of exposure to blasts from improvised explosive devices, or IEDs. In 2009, he was discharged because of his injuries and diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder. Part of that disorder means he copes with recurring nightmares about being back in the war. In the beginning, it was nothing but firefights and uh, rocket attacks and mortar attacks and seeing IEDs blow up my friends and IEDs hitting me. Uh, But they progressed. In my mind, I was really thinking about certain things, you know, the aspects of, uh, you know, really taking another human being's life. And it really started to bother me because that was one thing that I was known for. That was like everybody knew who I was in the battalion because I did that, and I did it more than anybody else. My dreams became just having to watch those people die over and over and over again, and that's pretty much what it is even to this day. During his college career, Mark discovered a powerful new coping mechanism that changed the course of his life and was the driving force in his struggle to stay. Honestly, theater saved my life. I hadn't been passionate about anything since being out of the Army, and I was still just kind of wandering around and just, you know, dragging my feet. But I finally found something that I love to do, and... I mean, it was very therapeutic, and to get to do the things that you do on stage, and it's this beautiful art form, um, and it did. It pulled me out 
from underneath a rock. After the final performance of Romeo and Juliet, while his castmates celebrated in the lobby, Mark and I sat down in the now empty theater. It may have actually been the most difficult performance I've ever done. You know, there's a couple times I stepped into the wings and uh, just kind of cried because I almost didn't want to be out there. But, you know, there's that saying, the show must go on. And, you know, I know if my if it had been somebody else and my buddy Tyler was here, he would have been there consoling me, but he also would have told me, you know, go do what you got to do. And, I mean, it's basically all I could hear in my head all night. I got a funeral to go to this week. And then uh, try to continue to work, save up a little bit more money before leaving for California at the end of August. After a few years of weighing his options, Mark decided West Virginia didn't have a healthy enough economy that would allow him to survive and thrive pursuing a career in the arts. I couldn't imagine doing anything else. I will, I will never... I mean, if I have to like work a job, you know, at a bar or anything like that to help support, uh, you know, get me from one job in the theater to the next acting job, um, yeah, I'll do that. But I can't imagine pursuing any other career ever. Many of his theater friends moved either to New York, Chicago, or Los Angeles to chase their theatrical dreams. Mark wanted to escape cold winters, so he decided it was California or bust. West Virginia is a really depressing place when you really get to think about it, especially, uh, you know, if you're a young person who is uh, looking to start a career. Mark partially blames political leaders for not creating more economic opportunities for young people. And the more you see in the news, it's... It's like they're trying to make it worse. State government passes these bills that it's like they don't care about us. They care about coal and oil and gas, which are just robbing us blind and, you know, destroying the environment. And it just seems to me like they don't care about the younger generations or the generations to come. I mean, I'd love to be able to stay here. Um, I, I do love this state and, you know, the people are great, but it's just dying. And, you know, if you want to succeed, you got to leave. A few nights before leaving, his apartment is stripped. He's all packed. It is a little scary. There is a definite feeling of fear that I'm leaving my home and the things that I've grown used to. But there's really nothing for me to do here. So I, I kind of really have to leave here. It's like I don't know what will happen in California. But I know what will happen if I stay here. And one is definitely more terrifying than the other. Three days from now, I'll be halfway across the country. So, Mark set out with a car full of California dreams and expectations that were, well, destined to be smashed to pieces. You're listening to Inside Appalachia. We'll hear more of Mark's story in just a minute. I'm Caitlin Tan. We'll be right back. Support for Inside Appalachia is provided by Concord University in Athens, West Virginia. With career-focused liberal arts education in more than 80 degrees and programs, 
to pursue various career options, not just a single job. More at concord.edu. We're listening to Mark Holmes' Struggle to Stay story. We just listened to Mark decide that he didn't want to struggle in West Virginia any longer. Let's jump back into the show to find out if Mark escapes the struggle and gets the big break he's looking for when he arrives in California. Again, here's Glennis Board, who followed Mark Combs back in 2016 to 2017 to help him record his story. We've just made our first stop on our trip. We, were, we are in uh, London, Ohio, just west of Columbus at a Speedway gas station. I'm feeling really positive about the trip. Um, we started out very, very strong this morning. We're still going strong. Just yesterday was the uh, anniversary of uh, Tupac Shakur dying. And so it was kind of fitting this morning to start the day with California love. No, but just hold on. Wait a second. Before we get too far into this road trip, Mark is not going alone. He has his border collie, Lily, and a cat named Terror Czar, or TC for short. And to get across the country, he's also joining forces with another young West Virginian. Cameron Elias Williams. Elias is like my stage name for uh, like my hip-hop music, by the way. So if you ever want to look me up. Cameron is a dancer, rapper, writer, and like Mark, a comedian. They met in theater school and have been close friends ever since. Together, they've been planning this move west with similar ambitions. Well, I love West Virginia. You know, it's always going to be another home for me. But for the arts, there's not a whole lot here. I mean, if you're going to want to expand your art and, like, your audience, you've got to leave. Cameron and Mark were encouraged to move to Los Angeles by several college theater friends, both in West Virginia and some who had already moved to California and loved it out there. Mark and Cameron definitely wanted to move somewhere where they'd have some kind of social network to help them get started. And they also wanted to escape cold winters. They saved money and shed most of their belongings, talked to some friends about what to expect. But there really wasn't much more to their planning than that. We don't have a house lined up. We don't have jobs lined up. We don't up. have jobs lined up. So we're kind of just, uh, we're going to go out there. We have some people we could crash with for, you know, a few days until we find our own spot. And then once that happens, we'll move all of our stuff in and then just going to hit the ground running. But I don't think we'll run out of money. I mean, I don't foresee it being... An issue. From a living room in West Virginia, Mark and Cameron saw all these opportunities and resources just waiting for them outside of the state. We're driving a uh, later model uh, Ford Explorer XLT. It is absolutely packed to the brim. There is like a two inch high by six inch wide gap that you can see out the back window day two (laughs) I am standing outside of an Econo Lodge in Kansas City Missouri we're going to try to fix the air conditioning today because there's a lot of rain in our forecast and you can't exactly ride with the windows down in the rain. It is day three. We've already conquered 1736 miles. Now here we are in New Mexico. Oof. I don't think I've ever spent this much time in a car Gentlemen, start your engines. Be in LA tomorrow evening. Home sweet home. The new one anyway. Mark and Cameron didn't record for a few very busy days once they made it to LA. And then we heard from them again. So I am homeless, jobless, 
with $10 accessible to my name on the complete opposite side of the country. I don't really regret the situation that I'm in. I mean, I knew it was going to be hard. I knew it was going to be tough. Um, I'm just, you know, really hoping that we get we get a break. Uh, so we spent a lot of time on Sunday applying to jobs and going to different places. Uh, we went to the Glendale Galleria, which is a very big mall in Glendale. Um, it's actually where I'm at right now. Uh, we have a job interview with uh, Ralph Lauren, um, and we're going to. Uh, Cameron was up first, and I'm sitting in the car with the animals. We had to repack our thing because we only had enough money to get a hotel room until this morning. I don't know what we're going to do um, tonight. No one wanted to rent to them because they didn't have jobs. And they were having a hard time securing a job in part because they couldn't prove that they were local residents. Anyway, they ended up at a sketchy hotel that night, but they didn't stay there long. So it's a Tuesday afternoon. We've been here for uh, four days. It is incredibly frustrating. It is so frustrating. You know, everybody you talk to is like, oh, yeah, there's, there's a bunch of places over here to rent. There's a bunch of places over there to rent. But there's really not... And uh, not and Cameron and I really aren't trying to live outside of our means. Uh, you know, it's not like we're going after, like, high-end places. We're going for places that are decent rent for what we would make money-wise. But it is damn near impossible to find a place. Uh, if we do find a place, it is in a place that the crime rate is so high that probably probably within the first week, uh, one of us is going to be robbed and the other one's going to be shot. Um, if it's not something like that, uh, you know, they don't allow dogs. It's, um, it's, I think it's beginning to wear on the both of us. We're still holding, holding out hope for uh, us to be able to find a place, and I think we will. Uh, but we may have to retreat out of the city some. By the end of the week, things were getting kind of desperate. Yes, they had friends who lived in the area, but it wasn't as strong of a social safety net as they thought it might be. I heard from Mark again when he was at this gas station near the edge of the city limits on a very windy day. There were wildfires nearby and a lot of smoke in the air. He and Cameron were looking for apartments further and further away from town. We were running out of resources. We were running out of time. Um, we had friends uh, here in L.A., but we basically uh, are either being prevented from staying with them because of pet policies or them being out of town. Lily's not a big dog. She's like 35 to 40 pounds, depending you know, on what time of the year it is. If I owned a place, I would rather have a dog Lily's size living in there than one of those little ankle biters. But you can't tell him anything. All right, well, I guess we're going to keep on moving. All right, bye. After just one week in L.A., Mark and Cameron had to move on. They knew they would run out of resources completely if they didn't do something. Still, they decided returning to West Virginia was not an option. So where could they go? Surprise, we're in Denver. Mile High City. Life's full of surprises. So, uh, basically, Los Angeles didn't work out. Yeah, it didn't work out this time around. We're, uh, you know, we're gonna reposition ourselves and come back stronger and better, I guess you could say. Right. Mark and Cameron got to California in September and left seven days later, several grand poorer. You know what, I don't really think it really crossed our minds that yeah, Cameron and I weren't necessarily 
you know, rolling in the money in West Virginia, but we weren't doing bad. But that still meant we were poor as f on L.A. standards. A guy coming to the store today, and he was from L.A., and he was talking about one of his friends that pays $2,500 for a one-bedroom apartment in North Hollywood. And I can guarantee you that house didn't come with a damn refrigerator because L.A. is just weird like that. And they don't provide fridges for their tenants, and you have to supply your own, which is just, I don't know, is yeah, it's weird. It's ridiculous. Cameron and Mark basically pulled Denver out of a hat. They arrived there without much of a plan, much as they did in Los Angeles. But this time, they chose a city where it's not as expensive to live. Instead of $1,600 to $2,000 rent per month, they're looking at twelve to $1,500. And unlike L.A., the rental market was far less competitive. Well, we just found out that we were approved for a place. Thank God <laughs> we finally found a place. Um, it was beginning to be soul-crushing. It's going to take a couple months to rebuild, not as long as L.A., because it was just so expensive out there for rent and whatnot, but rent is a lot more feasible here, and, you know, gas is pretty cheap, food isn't expensive. It it feels good knowing that uh, that we won't be living in a hotel for very much longer. Yeah. <laughs> living out of our bags well not that we have much more than what's in our bags <laughs> you know what i mean yeah they both were able to start working at a pizza place almost as soon as they arrived that and some loans from friends and relatives got them started but they didn't have any family in denver not a lot of friends either so, in the coming weeks and months, loneliness set in. It weighed them down and ate away at their motivation to follow their entertainment dreams. Mark recorded an update again two months later in late November. So, it's Saturday. Um, just kind of doing some cleaning around the house. Thanksgiving was just a couple days ago. I don't think either of us, it had really hit us as hard as it did maybe like in the days leading up to Thanksgiving, just kind of how alone and tired <laughs> we are. Um, we, it's been, it's been kind of tough to be honest. Uh, I didn't think I would um, miss people back home this much, and uh, we were talking on Thanksgiving morning about <laughs> how just a little over two months ago we were on a collision course with becoming homeless. This Thanksgiving, it was we were just really thankful to to have a home and to not be sleeping on the ground in our home anymore. And the fact that we have a couch. Mark and Cameron did make plans to create a new theater company in Denver. They even talked to friends back home who were really interested in coming to join them, which was encouraging. But unfortunately, it just didn't stick. The day-to-day -day scramble to stay afloat financially took its toll. By the, you know, by the time we got here, we were so far behind, owed so many people money that we just had to constantly work. We couldn't take any jobs that allowed us any time off to be able to go and explore those routes of auditioning for different shows or going and doing stand-up. I'm an artist, like, I, if I'm not creating something, you know, I just, it, I, I start to just get really 
really on edge and anxious and I gotta have outlets to you know express myself it's like a form of therapy for me you know so not getting to be creative led to some depression depression made keeping a job a harder task Cameron went from delivering pizzas to selling phones Mark went through several jobs over the course of a few months pizza UPS a solar startup a deli and none of it really provided a living wage. I have $9 on a credit card. Cameron has a maxed out credit card and one debit card that's in the red and another that's got a zero balance. It would be nice to report that things got better or easier, that Mark and Cameron find their footing, but that's not what happens next, not yet. First, things had to get worse. When I caught up again with Mark, he told me their furniture was being reclaimed, they were facing possible eviction, and life handed him another blow. Mark, an Iraqi war veteran with post-traumatic stress disorder, who is no stranger to suicidal thoughts himself, who spent all of the previous year working on media campaigns to bring more awareness about the epidemic of veteran suicide and resources to those vets struggling with suicidal thoughts. Mark has personally lost one war buddy after another. Well, Mark got word this spring he'd lost another brother. Yeah, he was a Navy corpsman. Um, medics. He was... Attached to the Marines, so he was like a Marine medic for the Marine Corps. Dan Alexander was a close friend of Mark's in Morgantown, West Virginia. When we spoke on the phone, he'd just gotten news of Dan's passing. I don't know if I could take another suicide. I just, uh, it's, it's, it's beginning to wear me out. was determined to be a heroin overdose. This is the second veteran buddy he's lost this year, and it wouldn't be the last. I mean, I feel like I've been at the bottom of the barrel for so long, like, that I have a keen understanding of what that means, and that it's really not necessary. Like, people shouldn't have to struggle Mark and Cameron did lose their furniture, but they were able to borrow some money for rent to avoid being evicted. <laughs> There's this constant feeling that, like, uh, like we we just keep failing, like we tr we try and, and try and we just fail and fail. Look, it may seem like these guys set themselves up for failure in California, not preparing enough, not having the resources to get them where they wanted to be, but in some ways, they were more prepared than most. Mark and Cameron had each other, and a good friendship is a powerful thing. It sucks because I have nobody here other than Cameron. Like, Cameron, you know, I don't know what I'd do without him. He's one of the strongest dudes I know, you know, physically and just mentally. He's been, he's been through a lot in life, you know, not just since I've known him far before that, but anytime he gets knocked down, he gets back up and just starts swinging harder, so, you know, I always know he's going to be all right. Eventually, Cameron and Mark decided that Denver was not the right place for them. Still, returning to Appalachia was not an option. West Virginia and Colorado have so much in common. The difference is... Colorado is working towards the future, and West Virginia is fighting tooth and nail, clinging to the past. Like, I mean, we are as about as down and out as you can go, but in no way 
in my mind, am I, am I like, yeah, I'm ready to go back? No. Hard times and isolation from friends and family forced both Cameron and Mark to reevaluate some life goals. You know, this whole experience of taking a leap of faith, driving all the way to Cali, kind of falling flat on our face, having to backtrack, come here, and then once again, kind of getting smacked in the face by life. You know, it has been a very eye-opening experience. And before I used to think like, yeah, I just wanna, you know, I wanna make it big. I wanna make millions of dollars. I mean, that's still the end goal, you know? Shoot for the stars, as he always teaches, but it's not important to me. You know, it's just the perk of it all. I mean, what's really important to me is my friends, my family, and just really living a life that my parents raised me to live and being the person that they, they raised me to be. You know, and money's not involved in that at all. I think we were already beginning to question uh, what we were doing here because everything was just falling apart and nothing really seemed to be working in our favor. Together, they decided that when their year lease is up this October, they'll move on to Chicago, where Cameron has family and they both have more friends. And even though Mark is determined not to return to Appalachia, his thoughts keep drifting back to West Virginia. Like, I see the people of West Virginia, I see their struggle, and, (laughs) you know, there's more that can be done right now, and there's a whole hell of a lot more to focus on than just trying to bring coal mines back. After being in Denver for half a year, Mark started to joke about going back to school, this time law school, so that he could more effectively take on certain politicians. But it sounds less and less like a joke these days. Ultimately, what I want to focus on would be public interest law to help fight to protect our environment, our people, and uh, give the next generation the best fighting chance that they have. Somebody's got to. I've contacted a couple different law schools and talked to them about their programs. And now I'm just, you know, looking at uh, what else I need to do, like taking the LSAT. He still wants to go to Chicago, but... He's adapting his dreams of thriving in the entertainment industry to maybe include more schooling. WVU, of course, is going to be my my number one. And, you know, it, it'd be nice to be back around people that I grew so attached to. Who knows where uh, this journey is going to end up. Cameron wants to continue to focus on developing a career in the music industry. He's working on his master's degree. He also really wants to be closer to his family, some of whom live in the Chicago area. You know, I'm an open book with blank pages, waiting for words to be written down to finish this story. I have no idea what's next, but I'm excited for it. Whatever the future holds, I'm ready. The next chapter looks like it will be in Chicago. It looks like it will include more friends and family, and it looks like it might have some funny in it. Being here in Colorado and being on this trip and just so much stuff going wrong and the depression that's followed uh, has provided uh, both Cameron and I with just a ton of uh, resource material for stand-up comedy. So, I mean, it'll be a great outlet. We caught up again with Mark and Cameron about six months after they both left Denver. Mark is living in Chicago. Cameron wound up back in West Virginia. You know, West Virginia is home for me. You know, how is my life different now? It's kind of back to, almost back to what it was before I left for California, you know. Um, Still doing the dance stuff, still teaching there, still on the dance team. Try to do stand-up when I can. It's just very rare now. They only do one show a month, you know, just trying to stay focused on getting my money right, and then getting back out. Cameron is finishing up his master's in music industry. 
He says he feels well prepared to use the degree. That's his goal. He hasn't said where he wants to move next, but he doesn't see himself staying in West Virginia. Yeah, I'm just disappointed in the state because they could be doing a lot more. You know, but like I said, it's home for now. I always have a special place in my heart, but eventually I got to get back out and leave the good old hills of West Virginia. Meanwhile, Mark is doing pretty well. Things are better here than they were in Denver. Let's see, uh, still single, still ugly. So, you know, I got that going for me. Mark is living with another West Virginian, another acting grad who went through West Virginia University, also a comedian. In fact, Mark is now part of a community of WVU theater grads living in Chicago. He says he still misses West Virginia. Yeah, you just miss the people and pepperoni rolls, Tudor's biscuits, you know, stuff like that. But he's keeping himself busy. He takes odd theater jobs regularly, and he says he's slowly building a name for himself in Chicago as an actor, writer, and comedian. He works now and then at a comedy theater called Second City, which is a place of mythical lore for comedians like Mark. It was the training ground for his comedic heroes like John Belushi and Bill Murray. Mark is working on a variety of creative projects with friends, and he was just cast in a television pilot this summer. He even landed a role in a cartoon, which is something he loves. You just have to hear this piece of his voice reel. You fool! The power contained within these orbs is enough to turn one into a living god. All I have to do now is kill you and take back what is rightfully mine. You know, Mark seems pretty happy. Especially compared to times we heard from him in Colorado. Oh, I uh, recently uh, did something that was pretty incredible. Since like the 1980s, there's been fewer than 300 people to... To have closed the uh, Captains of Crush number three hand gripper, which takes like 275 pounds or more, I think, per square inch to close it with your grip. Uh, I did that. Been working on that for a couple of years as a joke to Cameron. I know what you're probably thinking. Like, you really dedicated two years of your life to do something that near impossible to make someone laugh. Yes, I did. It's also important to note that Mark has also enjoyed a months-long reprieve from any news of army friends killing themselves. No one's killed themselves in a while, so that's good. That's, that's real good. Mark is not planning on returning to West Virginia anytime soon. He still doesn't see enough opportunity for professionals who want to work in arts or entertainment, and he's still frustrated with the political status quo and a general lack of what he calls visionary leadership. But it's worth noting that he has surrounded himself with a community of West Virginians in Chicago. Maybe it's just expedience or circumstance that led to this reality. I mean, do people make a place? Does a place shape its people? Either way, Mark's story shows how much the Mountain State can shape the lives of the people who live here no matter where they end up. For Inside Appalachia, I'm Glennis Board. Mark Combs' Struggle to Stay story as part of a series that we originally aired in 2017 and then revisited again in 2018. Since then, there have been some more updates in his life. Last time we spoke with Mark, he was in Chicago. Things were going okay. He was making money as a comic, but really just enough to get by. And then everything changed. His dog, the Border Collie, that came with him all the way from West Virginia, passed away. 
And Mark told me that losing his best friend made him look at his life trajectory completely differently. I kind of collapsed in upon myself and just thought about, you know, I'm, I'm doing all this and I'm, you know, doing what I, what I love to do, but I have absolutely nothing to show for it. I couldn't even save my best friend. So I started re-examining. I was like, well, I can't keep doing what I'm doing. I can't keep doing comedy. I can't keep, you know, working in the theater. It's just too much for not enough. So over a little bit of time, like reflecting on what, like what was important to me beyond theater and comedy, I kind of landed on this idea of, you know, something I had considered in the past was going to law school. So um, I started thinking like, you know, I could, actually make changes i could actually do other things and and make a life uh practicing law and you know eventually if i wanted to come back to it maybe have some time to do some acting on the side to do some theater to do some you know comedy so i decided that um you know i was going to be like my border collie i was going to be a you know a shepherd and protect the sheep yeah now i'm in law school at uh, WVU, and I just completed my uh, first semester. Oh, my God. Well, congratulations on the first semester part. And, Mark, when we first started talking with you, you know, you did say you you always will love West Virginia, but you needed to leave. But then it sounds like when you were in Chicago and you had made the decision to go back, there was kind of no looking back. Like, you were you were ready to go back to West Virginia. Yeah. I mean, I think if you listen to anything I've said, you know that once I make a decision, I kind of just go with it. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm as stubborn as, as can be in that regard. I made the decision that this was what I was going to do. I was going to go back to school. I was going to learn law and, and practice here in West Virginia. You know, there's opportunity for that here. There's opportunity because, uh, you know, because there are a lot of problems, there are a lot of opportunities for an attorney to, you know, help. Um, there's just not a lot of opportunity for uh, an actor or a comedian in the state. So, you know, in changing, in changing, uh, you know, career focus, I think, um, you know, it also changed, you know, the possibilities in front of me. And what kind of law are you hoping to practice? Right now, I'm trying to focus on public interests that would be protecting people that, you know, need it the most. Um, I think when you look at the history of West Virginia, you know, from the late 19th century onward, there's a continuing trend of the state being, you know, really ran by outside corporations and that the people haven't had much of a advocate on their side. Mark, so how long have you been back in West Virginia? I'm assuming you're in Morgantown. I moved back in May of 2019. So I had been gone a little under three years by that point. And the change in West Virginia was um, kind of startling. And to be honest, to be fair, I don't know how much West Virginia maybe changed or how much I changed in the time that I was away. But I, I noticed a lot more, I guess, anger and hate when I came back as opposed to when I left. Um, I think just like the outside circumstances with everything that's going on in our, our current political climate. Mm-hmm just, you know, changed a lot. Um, like, you know, people seem to be so caught up in, in whatever, you know, story from their side of the political spectrum mm-hmm. is that, like, they just refuse to accept, like, objective reality. And um, sometimes, you know, <laughs> I, feel, I feel like you have to be grounded in reality if you want to make changes. And um, so... Uh, do you feel hope, hopeful? Do, do, you, do you feel like there's a way? I think you have to remain hopeful. I think you have to remain optimistic. Uh, when you're not hopeful or optimistic, 
uh, you're not going to do anything, and therefore you're resigned to the worst possible outcome. The worst possible thing could happen, but it might not. And it might not, especially if you keep working. And I think it seems like a lot of your life experiences have been an example of that, that you've just kept pushing and have made it out. You've, you've, you've seen the light at the end of the tunnel. Oh, believe me, I've wanted to quit several times. <laughs> like, uh, there's probably not that many people on this planet who have wanted to give up harder than I have at, at some times. I don't know if that speaks to my resilience or just um, my sheer laziness. Like, well, I just don't feel like giving up just yet. You know, uh, <laughs> eh, that's just too much work to give up. <laughs> thus far I don't know any other way than to just keep going well and, and that brings me to my next question if if you want or feel comfortable talking about it but you are a veteran um, and that was a big part of a lot of the times that we checked in with you and and you losing some of your friends that you fought with and I'm wondering has have there been any updates um, do you know how some of your friends that you fought with, how they're doing during COVID and how they've been affected? Um, there's been another spike in, in, um, in losing people. Um, again, it's the, the, you know, there's alienation. Mm -hmm. You know, these people can't leave their homes. They can't see other people. Um, like isolation is about like one of the worst things that you can you can subject a veteran to, uh, especially someone who's a veteran that's struggling. Um, you're talking about people that are very comfortable with uh, death because they've been surrounded by it at one point in their life and they're struggling already. Mark, how do you keep yourself from going there? I like to listen to Monty Python's Always Look on the Bright Side of Life, All Things Dumb and Ugly. And, uh, it, you know, it takes time. They say time heals all wounds. And I think it, it's taken everything thus far. Every experience I had, I've had, it's healing by quantity, <laughs> uh, like of experiences. Has art been able to be a part of your life at all in this past year, year and a half? And obviously, maybe it looks different right now with COVID. So I can't go tell jokes right now. One, I don't have the time. And two, it's kind of weird to go to a comedy show during a pandemic. Right. <laughs> um, so I've, I've started doing some other things. I've you know, been playing the guitar since I was a teenager, um, but I started to teach myself how to play the mandolin um, a couple weeks ago. And um, I also have been in what precious little time I have to not do something. I've also been uh, trying to mimic Bob Ross's paintings on on this uh android tablet that i have really yeah it's got a fun little uh paint uh app and i've just been you know drawing happy mountains and happy trees mark when you came back to west virginia was there something that brought you back to your roots or that just felt like being home again i went to um the south park neighborhood of morgantown I went to Jean's Beer Garden. <laughs> I bellied up to the bar and I ordered a pepperoni roll with chili and cheese on it from my favorite bartender, Lucy. Oh my gosh. I can just picture that. Jean's is special place. <laughs> well, Mark, is there anything, anything else you wanted to share or talk about going forward or any hopes that you have? Um. I hope I make it through law school. <laughs> There's times where uh, it's just so much that you sincerely doubt yourself. But um, um, really, my hopes, um, the ones that aren't selfish, are that just like West Virginia keeps in mind that, you know, everybody's different. Everybody has, you know, different hopes and dreams. And, you know, we respect one another. And, um realize that, you know, you never know what the other person has going on in their life and um, um, just be kind to one another and realize that, you know, we're living in 
extraordinary times and extraordinary times call for extraordinary kindness. Well, thank you, Mark. Thank you for checking back in with us and just sharing so much of your life and your experiences with us. Yeah, no problem. I'll call you guys when, uh, whenever something else terrible happens to me. (laughs) (laughs) We want to call when you finish law school. Oh yeah. Well, you know, come see me walk across the stage. That was Mark Combs speaking with me last week. Here's a number that any veteran can call if you need someone to talk. 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. And for anyone out there who's having thoughts of suicide, here's a number you can call. 800-273-8255. Driving on the day's last train Stepping off the platform Trying to see you through the rain I don't know the ways you changed Since I left But I really don't care Cause I've done my tour of duty Now I'm home and I ain't going anywhere And I taught myself to tolerate the pain Until next time, thanks for joining us as we journey throughout Appalachia. Music in today's show was provided by Ben Townsend, Dylan Moses McGonagall, Little Sparrow Marisa Anderson, and Jason Isabel and the 400 Unit, as heard on Mountain Stage. Roxy Todd is our producer, Eric Douglas is our associate producer, and our executive producer is Andrea Billups. Our audio mixer is Patrick Stevens, and Xander Alloy also helped produce this episode. You can find us on Twitter at InAppalachia. My Twitter handle is at Miss underscore C-Tan. That's M-I-S-S underscore C-Tan, like the color. You can also send us an email to InsideAppalachia at wvpublic.org. Visit wvpublic.org slash Inside Appalachia to sign up for the Inside Appalachia newsletter. There you can also subscribe or download all of our stories or look for the Inside Appalachia podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Appalachia is a production of West Virginia Public Broadcasting. Support for Inside Appalachia is provided by Concord University in Athens, West Virginia. With career-focused liberal arts education in more than 80 degrees and programs to pursue various career options, not just a single job. More at concord.edu.